0: Welcome, uh, the Cinco de Cuatro. Uh, we are a day early, but uh, we always like to get a head start here uh, at the Obama White House. Ah, uh, yes, getting a head uh, start on Cinco de Cuatro. He just loves those breakfast tacos down at the Bogadas. Not a racist. See, you got uh, The old racist, not a racist game. And uh, if you're a Democrat, it always comes out the same. It always comes out not a racist. It's it's kind of a fascinating thing. You know, the party of the Confederate States of America and Jim Crow. Uh, Always not a racist. It is good to be a Democrat. Yes, sir. Hey, it's Friday, and it's uh, Cinco de Mayo. You know, I think Cinco de Mayo is is now second only to St. Patrick's Day when it comes to drunken debauchery in the United States of America. And uh, Michael Piercy pumping his arms in the air. (laughs) And more and more in America, you know, you can uh, spend Cinco de Mayo or Cinco de Cuatro, as Barack Obama celebrates. Speaking only Spanish, certainly in Washington, D.C., everywhere you go, you can breathe pot in the air, get a contact high walking down the sidewalk and uh, speak only Espanol wherever you go because the Democrats are making everything better. It's the fundamental transformation of America. And uh, just learn to speak Spanish, as Barack Obama warned us long ago. That was a warning, it turns out. It wasn't just a little uh, pleasantry. It was an actual warning from Barack Obama. And uh, they're making it become a reality, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh, well, and uh, tomorrow, what do they have? The coronation. Got the coronation. Big horse race. Uh, big horse race this weekend. And and the coronation of uh, Prince Chuck will become King Chuck. Is he already King Chuck? But this is just a formality. I don't really know. I don't follow this, uh, you know, uh, uh, crown and uh, robe stuff. And besides, you know, they killed Diana. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't really kill Diana, but they... They did. You know, I met uh, Prince Chuck. I've talked about it here once or twice, I think. I met Prince. He's going to be King Chuck as of officially tomorrow. And uh, I met Prince Chuck, and I talked to him at Ronald Wilson Reagan's funeral at the Washington National Cathedral. And I saw Chuck standing over there by himself with a little minion uh, rubbing his hands together and looking at his shoes. And I said, why is nobody talking to Chuck? And uh, so I, I sauntered right up to Chuck and stuck out my hand and shook his hand and uh, told him a little about the cathedral because, you know, he, uh, I know he's an architecture guy. He likes architecture. Why not? What else does he have to do? So he, uh, I told him all about it in the, in the cathedral, and, and the Canterbury Pulpit, the pulpit there at the Canterbury at the uh, Washington National Cathedral, they, uh, it, it's uh, made from stone gifted to the Washington National Cathedral and Episcopal Cathedral gifted uh, from the uh, the vicars at the uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury at the Canterbury Cathedral and so it's called the Canterbury pulpit and in fact uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King delivered his last sermon from that pulpit before a Democrat party campaign volunteer shot and killed him. that's uh, that's right James Earl Ray, another Democrat, campaign volunteer, just like James Hodgkinson, who showed up in that baseball field with a Chinese rifle and shot Congressman Steve Scalise. But uh, back to Prince Chuck. So I'm uh, talking to Chuck, the ferret-faced individual that he is, and, and I'm telling him about the uh, Canterbury Cathedral. And he looked down at his minion as though his minion were a stain on his shoe and uh, and his minion uh, looked down at the ground real hard, and he started shaking. He started quivering. I was like, "Oh boy, I hope I, you know, I'm not going to get him decapitated or anything like that." And then I explained that the cathedral, every cathedral has a cathedra. It's uh, kind of a little throne where the uh, the the bishop would sit, uh, or the archbishop, if you please. And uh, the uh, cathedra at the Washington National Cathedral is also a gift. From another uh, cathedral in Great Britain, England, merry old England, and uh, and I told him that, and he looked at his minion again, and his minion shrunk into the ground. He just he dropped through the floor. Oh, sire, I'm so and because he looked at him like he's supposed to be briefed on this stuff, and his minion didn't brief him, and here's me telling him about this stuff. And I said, "Have you ever been to our cathedral before?" He says, "No, no, it's my first time. It's my, <laughs> it's my first time." And, uh, and then when I was wrapping up with him, because I had to move on, I, uh, I, I knocked his left shoulder with my right fist sideways, like a sideways. I bumped him on the shoulder with my right fist, and I said, glad I could help. This is absolutely true, 100% true. And I said, glad I could help, knocked him on the shoulder, and then I appealed off another handshake, last-minute handshake, uh, and I appealed off. And uh, I, I thanked him for being there like I was some sort of an envoy or an ambassador uh, for the cathedral or something. But he was there all by himself, except for his minion, who, who shrunk into the ground. And, uh, and then I walked over to talk to Gorbachev, you know, Mikhail Gorbachev was there. And then and, uh, when I was done with him, and I called him Mr. General Secretary instead of Mr. President, because I like to think of him as a communist. And uh, then I turned and there was Lech Walesa, and I, I spoke to Lech Walesa. It, uh, it was a well-attended funeral. It was a nice thing. But I digress. So Chuck... He is going to, not to be confused with Chunk, who is, of course, an NBC News anchor. I'm making quotation marks with my fingers. Uh, but Chuck, he's going to be the king of everything tomorrow. I guess that comes with all kinds of free stuff, I'm guessing. Probably pretty good health care, dental, probably comes with the whole package, right? Parking, get good parking with that. Uh, they pay for it. And uh, yeah, it comes with all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, Chuck. I know Chuck. I know him from way back. If I ever did run uh, into Chuck again, I would remind him that uh, I briefed him on the the interior of the Washington National Cathedral when he was there for Ronald Reagan's uh, funeral. He was actually very gracious. He was very gracious and polite. Except to his minion, who I honestly think was hanged outside the Tower of London when they got back because he didn't brief him properly. Uh, So he got that going for us. Now, I got a lot of Democrat crazy for you today because... You know, 21 hours have passed, and and they're crazy. And there are so many of them, they're crazy. You see the mentally ill guy that was that was uh, put into a chokehold on a New York subway train. Uh, the Democrats may have to burn the country down again because, you know, this guy is George Floyd Neely. It's, I was already texting this morning. George Floyd Neely, his last name is Neely. And he was mentally ill, and he'd been arrested. Uh, yesterday I said 42 times, and I'd like to apologize. I was wrong. He had actually been arrested 44 times, arrested 44 times. And uh, he was out, uh, I think there was a warrant out for him because he had punched a 67-year-old woman in the head so hard that she has permanent damage. And the Democrats are big fans of this guy. They're on his team. They're on team him. And they want the now former Marine uh, who... Uh, restrained him and uh, leading to his death. They want him charged, and the Reverend Al Charlatan is on the job. You know, when the Reverend Al, it's, uh, he's gonna trot out Tawana Brawley, I think. And did you see Reverend Al? He was. <laughs> it's it's almost hilarious. They, I don't know how they make like killings on subways funny, but they do. And uh, and Al Charlatan was on some hateful racist show on MSNBC last night <laughs> and and instead of he's like well they killed him and uh, so there should be riots in the street I'm, I'm paraphrasing and and then he said uh he was doing Michael Jackson on the on the train I don't think he was doing my nobody he made that up uh doing Michael Jackson impersonation on the train I don't think that's what got him choked But um, he said he's doing Michael Jackson. And then he immediately started talking about himself and his personal relationship with Michael Jackson and how he gave the eulogy or something at Michael Jackson's funeral. And it's like, oh, well, as long as it's all about you. Um, And it sounds like the big shakedown is coming. And he's threatening the whole nation because, you know, he has that kind of power. He wields that power. He's a major media figure. (laughs) He became a major major media figure um, when he was like Macy's Day parade blimp in purple velour with gasoline-colored hair, like Jen Psaki. and um, and he uh, trotted the the Tawana Brawley thing out, and it was all a lie. But it was it was that was worse than hands up, don't shoot. But it was all a lie the Tawana Brawley story. But it launched him to stardom and uh, made him a millionaire. And the media still loves him because God knows they love a lie, don't they? Yes, they do. So I want to update you on that because it's a it's a tragic story of a mentally ill person. I played the audio yesterday of the then-President John F. Kennedy uh, explaining that we had, what, five hundred and fifty or 560,000 people in mental institutions in 1963 in the United States of America when we had a population of about 180 million people. And now we have a population of uh, 330 million people, so add 150 million people. And now we have a, a small fraction of that number of people in mental institutions, and I know where the rest of them are. They're, they're wandering my neighborhood, and they're on the subway trains in New York. And the Democrats like it that way because, you know, they are Democrat voters. Let's keep that in mind. So we got that going. And now the biggest scandal of the year, I think, was broken by my friend John Solomon, last night at Just the News, with an email uh, showing... Now, yesterday, just as uh, in, the, in the last hour of our uh, big radio broadcast yesterday, I shared with you that the four members of the Proud Boys, who they call an extreme right-wing group, uh, including their leader, Enrique Tario, who's a black, Cuban-American, and a, a patriotic guy, and he wasn't even in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. But he was convicted by a kangaroo court in Washington uh, yesterday, along with uh, three other members of the Proud Boys. And uh, they're presumably going to prison because that's what the left does to their political enemies everywhere in the world, and the left is here. Uh, And they're uh, convicted of seditious conspiracy. Seditious conspiracy, right? Now, if you want to know what a seditious conspiracy is, look no further than John Solomon's reporting yesterday because the former deputy director of the CIA and one-time acting director of the CIA, Mike Morrell, sent an email to penitentiary face John Brennan, who, of course, voted for the Communist Party candidate for the presidency of the United States, Gus Hall, proudly. So I'll score him as a communist, check. You know, we're checking boxes over here, right? Uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, Al Sharpton, uh, purple velour, gasoline-colored hair. Uh, racist uh, uh, bomb thrower, and he's threatening the country now. Well do you hear this stuff? But penitentiary face Brennan uh, jumped on that bandwagon. It turns out we now know that it was Anthony Blinken who was at the time with the Biden campaign that rattled the cage of former senior CIA official Mike Morrell and said, hey, can you help us out with this Hunter Biden laptop thing and spread a huge lie across the land, and recruit some other pathological liars like Penitentiary-Face Brennan, who voted for the Communist Party candidate for president? Could you uh, recruit these, these corrupt, uh, you know who they are, you're from that uh, community. Is it a community or a village? Uh, the, the intelligence community, it should be a gated community. In fact, you know, the gates should be locked and the walls should be about 20 feet high, and, it, and we should call it a penitentiary. Because these fifty-one should be in prison. That's where they should be. You know, their their community should be Rikers Island. It should be Supermax in Colorado. Because these guys, you want to talk seditious conspiracy? John Solomon nailed it yesterday. And we have the uh, we have the email because John Solomon got it. And uh, here's the intelligence chief. Um, hello, chief telling the other intelligence crooks, the criminals, to uh, join the lie, join the big lie about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop being Russian disinformation. And the reality is this is an actual conspiracy by corrupt U.S. intelligence officials to throw the election to Joe Biden and away from Donald Trump because of their hatred of America and our customs and our laws. And uh, they betrayed the offices that they once held. They betrayed the dignity that uh, they are supposed to maintain as uh, office holders. They, they betrayed the nation. And uh, I've got to say, this is unambiguously, I will, I will say this, what they did, uh, forget about the Proud Boys, what they did was seditious conspiracy. Uh, it was sedition. It was, you know, this is what they did in third world countries during the Cold War to make sure that the pro-Soviet communists didn't win uh, in uh, B-Pole countries. And they did it to us in 2020. We're at eight 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 six three zero nine six two five. I went to Al Gore's amazing Internet, which I do quite frequently, and I looked up a seditious conspiracy of which uh, the black Cuban-American Enrique Tarrio, who the media says uh, identifies as black to strip him of his African-American heritage, and uh, they call him Henry instead of Enrique to strip him of his Cuban heritage. Uh, Which reminds me of Trayvon Martin, right? And George Zimmerman, who they called a white Hispanic, which is not a term that had been in use before the New York Times labeled him that way. But they wanted to make him less sympathetic to leftists while they accused him of murder. When, of course, Trayvon Martin hung out there for five or six minutes to beat up uh, somebody he thought was gay. So he was a gay basher, but pay no attention to that. I looked up seditious conspiracy. Middle Tennessee State University provided me with a definition. Seditious conspiracy law was enacted after the Civil War to arrest Southerners, that seems racist, who might keep fighting the U.S. government, which a lot of Democrats did, still are. Sedition cases have been rare in recent history, but yesterday um, a black Cuban-American and three of his friends, the Proud Boys, convicted of seditious conspiracy, The charge can be difficult to prove, especially in cases when an alleged plot is unsuccessful. Well, let me say that um, Mike Morrell and John Brennan engaged in a seditious conspiracy in a plot that was successful, because the goal was to make sure that Joe Biden won the presidency of the United States, and they used their offices and the stature, the status of those offices and of those job titles to undermine a presidential election, and they did so successfully. Again, John Brennan, with an email from Mike Morrell. John Brennan, of course, was the communist voting CIA director under Barack Obama, whose mentor as a teen, Frank Marshall Davis, was a communist as well. Where did all these communists come from? Come from, and... uh, and uh, Van Jones, who they brought into the administration, self-identified as a communist, and, and uh, you know, I mean, it, it sounds crazy, I know, but there it is. The email went to John Brennan from Mike Morrell. Can I add, listen, can I add your name to the list? We'll be adding Leon, Sue Gordon, Jeh Johnson, George, I don't know if that's George Tennant, uh, former CIA director, Lisa Monaco, Mike Rogers, the D-I-R-N-S-A, director of the National Security Agency today. Working dad, Dan Coates, Mike Rogers, and Tom Boisert, you see. And, uh, and lots of other IC career folk. That's intelligence community career people. shouldn't really say folk. Trying to give the campaign, he's talking about the Biden campaign, trying to give the campaign, particularly during the debate on Thursday, a talking point to push back on Trump on this issue. This is the laptop and the emails. Now, we know that the laptop was entirely authentic and real. The emails, entirely authentic, true and real. Uh, Very damning for Joe Biden and the corrupt Biden organized crime family. And here are two very, very senior CIA officials engaged in an actual conspiracy, it's right here in black and white, to undermine our presidential election, and they did so successfully. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... Now, there was at least one poll that showed that um, had voters had voters been made aware of... You know, remember the FBI jumped in and killed the story uh, by getting a hold of uh, left-wing weasels at Twitter and saying, oh no, the Russians are going to be... And the FBI went to Facebook, uh, left-wing weasels in the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy, and they corrupted... Facebook and Twitter, which were inclined, I think, predisposed to be corrupted in this fashion. And they were. And they did not allow broad distribution of the New York Post story, stories about the laptop and uh, distribution of the content of the emails, right? And there was at least one poll that showed that had people been aware of the validity of the stories of the, the laptop and the emails and the big guy and the 10% and the uh, the money and all of that, that it uh, may have moved enough votes to swing the presidential election. But never forget that Joe Biden got more votes by campaigning out of his basement, thanks to the news media, than any presidential candidate, any president in the history of the United States of America, which makes a lot of sense because... You know, corn pop and all that good stuff. I'm telling you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes, sir. Yeah, the Washington Post and uh, left wing Pointer Institute Effect, they attack the polls that said, you know, um, uh, enough votes might have been moved because one poll, one survey found that 17% of Biden voters would not have voted for Biden. The Biden-Harris ticket, oh, she was out on the loose yesterday again, too. If they had known about the Biden laptop, and uh, Congressman James Comer cited that poll, the Media Research Center, my good friends at MRC, the Media Research Center, they they polled Democratic voters in 2020 swing states and found that 17% wanted to change their vote. If they had only known about the contents and the evidence in the New York Post story, uh, multiple stories and uh, Congressman Pat Fallon is quoted as saying that now the uh, you know the truth doesn't really matter much in the United States of America anymore because the Democratic Party has secured information dominance in a military sense in a in a and, and, and cultural dominance as though they're an invading army but this story just blows the doors off of of pretty much every lie that uh, we've been told regarding the laptop and everything else this this makes it even crazier now the uh, the debate the presidential debate i believe was the 22nd and um of october and this email went out on october 19th of 2020 they were seeking to and they say it right here it's right here in black and white They were seeking to corrupt the outcome of the presidential election in favor of the Democratic Party. So Joe Biden on October 22nd of 2020 and the debate with President Donald John Trump. And uh, this is what it sounded like. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the... Car- Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Now, that was one of the biggest lies ever told in American political history. And behind that lie, we know now, was Anthony Blinken, and he lied about it when he was asked about it recently... He was with the Biden campaign at the time. He's the one who got the ball rolling. How do we discredit the laptop story? Because this is lethal. And uh, then recruiting former deputy CIA director and acting CIA director, Michael Morrell. Mike Morrell really got things going. And uh, recruiting John Brennan. Uh, Again, every time I mention penitentiary faces name, I've got to remind that Eva, I don't know, did you ever vote for Gus Hall for the Communist Party candidate for the presidency of the United States? Because John Brennan did. Where do they find these people? Boy. And the the actual email is right here in my hand. You can hear it. That's it. Now I'll read it. Recruiting lots of other IC career folk, intelligence community crooks, criminals. You know, I guess they... uh, Over their career, they got so used to meddling in elections overseas, they'd say, hey, why don't we do it here? This is why we build penitentiaries. And he wrote, trying to give the Biden campaign, particularly during the debate on Thursday. He's writing this on October 19th. The debate was October 22nd. A talking point to push back on Trump on this issue on this, this issue, this story, this truth, trying to undermine the truth, trying to destroy the truth, trying to steal the presidential election. And they recruited Dana Bash's ex-husband, Jeremy Bash, who was just a, a, a campaign wank who got a, a, you know a do-nothing job at the CIA, came with good parking, kind of like uh, King Charles. He's going to get good parking, too. And uh, dental. Good dental, but the uh, honestly, this is the biggest conspiracy. And this is an actual, this is not a conspiracy theory. It's right here in black and white. And again, uh, the great reporter John Solomon got it, and here's his story at just the news. justthenews.com premeditated and admitted lie is the headline? Intel pros slam Biden laptop letter after bombshell revelation. Ex-CIA boss Morrell wrote colleague that the Hunter Biden laptop letter was a talking point to help Joe Biden at debate. John Solomon, also a friend of mine. I've been around this town for a while. I guess I know a bunch of people. In a rare and candid email exchange between two former CIA bosses, Morrell, again, the uh, deputy director of CIA and, for a period, acting director. And, of course, penitentiary face Brennan was the actual CIA director, communist voter, uh, and uh, Barack Obama ally. And that means he's corrupt for, like, three different reasons there. Two former CIA bosses, Michael Morrell and John Brennan, in October 2020, that he was organizing a letter of 51 intel experts claiming the emergence of the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian-influence operation. This letter was uh, this operation. This was an information operation that was orchestrated by our own intelligence community, and it was carried out against the American people on behalf of the Democrat Party by the permanent bureaucracy, also known as the Deep State. And you can get your Deep State T-shirts and coffee mugs at the Chris Plant store in case you don't have one yet. And if you have any, you know, uh, left-wing government officials uh, in your family, you should uh, get uh, a coffee mug and a T-shirt for them, too. So it was uh, they were claiming falsely that it was a Russian influence operation because he wanted to give Joe Biden's campaign a, quote, talking point to push back on and, quote, Donald Trump during the last presidential debate of the 2020 election season, according to documents obtained by just the news and not by the New York Times or ABC News, because that's not the business they're in. Brennan, who served as CIA director under President Barack Obama, willingly agreed to sign the letter after being told of its political intentions. That's exactly right. Okay, Michael, add my name to the lists. Brennan wrote Morrell on October 19, 2020. Good initiative. Thanks for asking me to sign on. And then he... Uh, put on his helmet and turned on the Soviet national anthem real loud in his office. And uh, he provides the email, which I was just reading to you in the link as well. The email exchange provides damning new proof supporting House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan's explosive revelation last week that the now infamous intelligence letter, which was portrayed by the news media, fact-checkers, and big tech as an independent and organic initiative by security experts was in fact a political effort. It was more than a political effort. It was the dirtiest trick ever played on the American people, by and it was by the Biden camp. Make no mistake, you know. And the uh, biggest dirty trick before that was the fake dossier, which was also used by J. Edgar Comey to lie to the FISA court to get warrants to spy on. Naval Academy graduate and other uh, Trump allies, and to set up George Papadopoulos. Remember, Azra Turk. That was a conspiracy. That's not a conspiracy theory. That is a conspiracy. And if we had a news media, I wonder what they would do with their time. Who is Azra Turk? I've been asking the question for years. 60 Minutes and ABC News have failed to answer that question. So big tech, meaning, and and honestly, the FBI got a hold of big tech and sunk sunk their vampire-like teeth into the people at Twitter and Facebook and instructed them that it would be imprudent to allow people to distribute these true stories about the Biden family on the lead-up to election day because the passive-aggressive, crackhead, stripper-knocker-upper Hunter Biden left his laptop at a computer repair store in Delaware and never went Back to get it. And, um, you know, that guy has been destroyed. The owner of the computer store, his business is gone. He's on the run because he feels his life is in danger. Yeah, not an in- independent, uh, organic initiative by security experts. It was, in fact, a political effort, a dirty trick, a conspiracy, a seditious conspiracy by U.S. spies instigating instigated and assisted by Biden's campaign in an effort to influence the outcome of the 2020 election. Intelligence professionals, professionals, actual professionals, reacted swiftly to the news Wednesday night, saying the revelation that two former CIA chiefs used their professional credentials to influence the 2020 election was troubling. I, I, I say it is seditious conspiracy and a successful one. This wasn't a talking point to toss back at Trump. It was a premeditated and admitted lie to the American people, designed specifically to deceive and hide the truth. Retired FBI intelligence chief Kevin Brock told Just the News, and for what? To help elect a politician? Yes, a Democrat, a left, a moron, a brain dead, brain addled jellyfish of a man. What a steep and sad cost to the soul. For such a meager goal, now I would agree with that, but uh, obviously these people are corrupt enough where they're okay with that. All right? just nuts. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to a, a telephone call, uh, Michael. Also, you know, I mean, in the headlines: explosive emails show former CIA director is colluding. One director, one acting director, and deputy director colluding to create false document to influence 2020 election. Now, honestly, I've been calling this that since the day that I read, and we got this uh, phony, the felonious 51 fraud, while we were on the air, and I read it, and having been responsible for covering the Central Intelligence Agency and the U.S. intelligence community for a decade, I read it, I immediately spotted the weasel words in there, and I immediately called it what it was, live on the air the moment I read it, and I've been calling it just that, Ever since that day, now let's go to the uh, let's go to the telephones, Michael. Let's go to Sid, calling from Los Angeles, California, listening on Al Gore's amazing internet on the WMAL app. Hey, Sid. Good morning, Chris. Maybe you can answer this question that's been bothering me. You know, here the FBI had the laptop for eleven months, and uh, Christopher Ray and uh, Bill Barr said nothing to say that it was a r- real laptop. Uh, and if Bill Barr, i was supposed to be supervising the FBI, didn't know about the laptop, that's bad news. And if he knew about the laptop, that's bad news that he kept quiet and this left Trump out there looking silly rather than saying this is a true thing. I don't understand why in his own administration the people didn't come out and say that this was a laptop, a uh, real thing from Hunter Bunker. I don't understand. Well, uh, I think Christopher Ray is a sneering um permanent bureaucracy, corrupt Nick. And I think the look on his face when he testifies on these matters reveals that to my satisfaction. And then you remember he was testifying and he said he had to go for very important business and he went off and got on a government Gulfstream jet and went to Home State, New York for a family party. Um, and I have no respect for Christopher Wray uh, or for the other leadership of the FBI that has not come forward. Bill Barr... I want to see under oath, I want to see him ask these questions under oath. I tend to give him more credit more latitude, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, um, as, you know, I want to believe that he's an honorable man and deserving of respect, but I'm going to need to see him explain that, because you're right, Sid, that is, you know, that's key to the, to the whole thing. Why didn't our senior government officials, and you're right, the FBI had the laptop long, long before the election, Well, but we know the FBI was corrupt because they were on the horn with Twitter and Facebook telling them to disallow the distribution of the truth about the Biden organized crime family. And then the intelligence community engaged in a seditious conspiracy, a plot to throw the election in the United States of America for the Democrats and lunch bucket Joe Biden and against Donald Trump. And here... As people are fond of saying these days, here are the receipts. Thanks to John Solomon, and not the Washington Post or the New York Times. Thank you, Sid. The FBI, I think, basically came to us, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election, we have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that, so just be vigilant. That's Mark Zuckerberg explaining the FBI coming to Facebook to lie to them, to corrupt the election, uh, and whatever, whatever filthy FBI criminal did that should be put into ankle shackles at Reagan Airport and uh, dragged away to supermax, thrown in the hole. It should be like the Shawshank uh, Redemption. Uh, Throw him down in the pit with the sodomites. You know, just saying. Uh, If you look up the news on Al Gore's amazing internet, Politico, left-wing, shill front operation for the Democrat Party. On the very same day, October 19th of 2020, a nice glowing picture of uh, Hunter Biden looking healthy and smiling. Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former intel officials say. More than 50 former intelligence officials signed a letter casting doubt on the provenance of a New York Post story on the former vice president's son. And it's on the vice president, too. And they quote a, uh, an ally of Brennan's here who came to the Politico. They were dispatched to lie to the media. Nick Shapiro, a former top aide under CI Director John Penitentiary, faced Brennan, who voted for Gus Hall, the Communist Party candidate for president, provided Politico with the letter on Monday. He noted that the IC, quoting now, and all these abbreviations, take your abbreviations and shove them. The IC leaders who have signed this letter worked for the past four presidents, including Trump. Yeah, they're the permanent bureaucracy. They're the deep state. That's who they are. And they're criminals. They engaged in a seditious conspiracy. And again, if Enrique Torrio and three other members of the so-called Proud Boys were convicted of seditious conspiracy for Enrique Terrio, not even in Washington, D.C. that day, then these, let's start with uh, Brennan and Morell ankle shackles, all right, shackles behind the back, not in front of the back, chains around the waist. Uh, these people need to be in the who's go, <clears throat> in the can, is that a double entendre? Hard to say, but there it is. And and the Politico they were all over this, and the rest of the media, and uh, because and and they, they say that the Brennan guy, Nick Shapiro, provided Politico with the letter. Wow, isn't that amazing? On Monday, that was October nineteenth. That was the day that Morell recruited Brennan. The debate was on Thursday night, so they had to move fast to give, as Morel said, the campaign a talking point to push back on Trump.